Welcome to Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Miller, your host. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They are creating tomorrow's food business ecosystem today. You can check out more at farmtoplate.io. I love some of the guests that Farm to Plate is bringing to us, and today is no exception. We have somebody with a wealth of knowledge in the industry. I'm so excited to introduce Ruud Overbeek. He is the Senior Vice President of Corporate Development and Strategic Relationships for Food Chain ID. Welcome to the podcast, Ruud. Thank you very much, Pam. Pleasure to be here. We are glad to have you, and you have quite a title you do a lot there at Food Chain ID. Can you tell us a little bit? It seems like you have a couple areas of responsibility. Absolutely. I would be pleased to talk a little bit about what I do. Let me start with the back end, strategic relationships. Uh, that had actually, I always say it has two legs in, uh, of the four legs tools. The first one is, is I work with our largest customers in the food and beverage industry and their suppliers to help them further their needs and making sure that they bring safe, compliant, and transparent products into the market. That's one thing. The second area is, is that because we I believe in partnerships, and that means that we cannot do everything on our own, and we have to work with other partners in the industry to ensure that the customers are, are actually addressed in the proper way. So that's the part of strategic relationships. The second part of the two legs of the stool is corporate development. Um, the first one in corporate development is what I call merge and acquisition. So I look strategically at the company and how we can grow and meet the customer demands. And the second part is, is actually that I look at strategic uh, areas where we need to develop. And one of the areas that I've been speaking to you about before was on sustainability in the food and beverage industry. That's a lot to unpack. Well, why don't we why don't we jump into that sustainability since you just brought that up and then we can circle back around to the strategic relationships part, but there's quite a bit going on in the sustainability area. Yes, there is incredibly much going on. Um, (laughs) Probably, uh, if if you look at what the world is promising is that, um, you know, we we have all the global pact, I would call it, is that where people are saying that we are going to be carbon neutral in the world by 2050. That's quite a feat, yeah? Uh, And that's something that we we have to work on all together. It's something that I personally care about a lot. I have children, I have a family, and I want to make sure that uh, that we have a sustainable future all together on the planet. Um, At at the same time, I always say in sustainability, there are three Ps. So I mentioned already people, I mentioned planet, but the third one is profit. There is no way that we can actually get something to work if there is no sustainable financial future as well so uh, businesses will will not be doing it if there is no incentive to do it so so that's part of sustainability as well what is interesting is obviously when you look at the 2050 goals food and beverage has a has a large part of it and all the major food and beverage companies have promised that they will reduce their footprint by 50 percent by 2030 which is already a feat and then to 100% by 2050 to meet the, the, the global demands of the, of the reduction of the carbon footprint. Yeah, so I think, I think these are great goals to have, you know, at an academic level, but how do you achieve that? You know, you're talking about sustainability and people are making claims about where their food's coming from and you have to verify those and get the information. I mean, how are we going to achieve some of these things? Do you have 
<laughs> Do you have some witty inventions in mind? I know food chain idea has some things in place. Yeah, that, that's an excellent question. Again, I, I mean, you already say it. Huh? How do we make sure that something is happening? I, I think that's a general question in, in, that, that we have to answer. So what we're focused on is what we call uh, verification and measurement. So, so, so is there anything achieved? Yeah? Do we meet the targets that we have set out for ourselves to be able to meet those targets? And we as a company are focused on verification. And maybe I can talk a little bit about our history as a company, which may help yeah. people to understand why we are so interested in it. We actually, the, the the birth of the company was in 1996, where we invented the first PCR-based test for identifying non-GMO crop versus GMO crop. Mm -hmm. So that actually, for people in the US, that led to the famous butterfly that you see on your on your food. Yeah, so, uh, so we with us inventing that measurement, the verification program was developed to be able, based on that measurement, to be able to say something is GMO or non-GMO. So measurement and verification is a key part of looking at whether we achieve something. And that is where we are really, that's where we really have to do something. And that's why there is a lot of challenges as well on companies, whether they are meeting the claims that they're making. And we are trying to support companies in doing that. Well, and that's that's really where you started, like you said. I mean, that is part of your identity as a company, uh, that yep. whole verifying. And that was a big deal at the time, honestly. You know, GMO, non-GMO, that's a identifier right there because um, people are putting that on their packaging. Consumers are depending on that. And I think it's a really big um, certification process, you know, just being able to identify that. Absolutely. But, yeah, how do you get... Because you're you're very much a technology company. You have a lot of technology going on. Um, why don't you tell us some of of the things that you have in place? I don't even know. You have all kinds of databases and yeah. tell us about Thank what you Thank you very have. much for the question again. Yeah. Um, so so actually, if you look at our mission statement, maybe that helps a lot of people to understand what yeah. we try to do. So our mission statement is we make it easier for our customers to make their foods compliant, safe, and transparent. So it says it all. Eh? So so we so that that is our mission statement, and the way that we do that is by having subject matter expertise, and also technology to support that. Because at the end, uh, you know, you need to you need to increase the knowledge, and you have to use business. You have to use that knowledge to feed that into the into the companies that use the the, the systems that we are developing. So if you're, our, I always say, if you have an app that doesn't do anything, it's just a nice app. Yeah, it doesn't have a function. <laughs> so what we're doing is we're helping companies in, in in assisting them to make their food safe, transparent, and compliant. So the databases that we have have all kinds of information to what I always say is to make the from farm to fork the food safe. Yeah. And that means in relation to contamination in food. Okay. We all talking about pesticides and microbiology. Anything that can actually be in the food that could actually adversely affect you as a human, uh, we are trying to identify. We actually have identified all the requirements, regulations, uh, information that is important for the customer for them to assess whether it's meeting the requirements for any market in the world. Yeah, so that's on one wow. area. The other areas are anything that is in food. So you sometimes there are things that have a function in food. Yeah, so. Like and we call that additives in a technical way. Yeah, additives is you add something to the food to make the shelf life better, or to make the taste better, which is a flavor. Yeah, or to stabilize it. Eh? So 
you if, if you i mean if you have let's say dispersion and it sinks to the bottom it doesn't look as good so you have stabilized you have all kinds of additives that are in food and that are necessary also to improve the shelf life of a product to make it better tastier so that we eat it and and to make it safe at the end you know so we that is all regulated and we have databases to uh, support customers with that finally food is obviously packaged you know, uh, packaging has multiple uh, multiple aspects packaging actually keeps the food protected yeah so we one of the things that i want to make sure is that people are that a lot of people are saying yeah packaging is bad but at the same time package protects the food protects us because of that yeah you can't transport food when it's not packaged uh, properly packaged so it will damage the food. Packaging yeah. is regulated heavily as well because what is in the packaging will ultimately possibly get into the food. So there are also rules and regulations and requirements that you have to meet to make the packaging safe. So anything that's in, in contact with food that's in the food that is in one way or the other regulated, how it, how you put information in the labor, we have information about that as a company. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, let's let's pause for just a second because that was a lot of that was a lot. First of all, packaging is a big discussion right now. And like you said, if it touches the food, there's a chance that whatever's in that packaging could get into the food or onto the food. So that safety piece is really, really important. And you're able to verify those pieces. But the other part of that is there's there's a lot of things on the front end, like you were saying, you're using the databases and and confirming things. There's a lot of companies out there, at least I feel like making claims that aren't verified. And so that's where food chain ID companies like you step in and can give us the confirmation. The claim being made is actually excellent. You, you're, you're describing it well. I mean, so that's okay. the other part of our comp company. We actually look at what we call ver we have a verification and, and, and certification business where we ensure that what companies do are actually meeting the requirements or meeting the regulatory set requirements and that is a, a separate part of a business so we do not only provide them the information for them to do the right thing we also make sure that the right thing is done and that whatever is on the package whatever is even i mean there are certifications on how you conduct your business you know that that these certifications we provide as well well you know that is a it seems like that it, the regulations are changing all the time it's how correct. do you keep up i mean i i guess as a food manufacturer or someone who's producing food or farming or having to transport, you're keeping up with what the regulations are that you can tell yep. me what I need to be doing. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, we're taking the difficulty of their plate. That's a pun. Um, Perfect. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's correct. I mean, there are so many regulations that are yeah. uh, on a monthly basis are, are actually being published. Yeah. So we follow that and we're using a combination of technology and people because uh, I will tell you, technology and regulations are very complex. Uh, mm -hmm. Even though it's black and white, there is a lot of gray in between. So interpretation is is something that a human still needs to do. And I'm I'm not I'm not talking about the future. You never know. But at this point, there's still a lot of interpretation. So subject matter expertise is critical. So we we actually identify what is coming out. 
we actually interpret what is in the regulation and we provide that information back to our customers so that they can actually take yeah. the right measures. Oh, that's it seems invaluable to me because I think especially in the area of sustainability, you know, how how do you even figure out if you're headed in the right direction? You know, if you're making the the right moves, if you're if you're showing improvement and food chain ID helps with that as well, right? That is correct. We we actually How are. I mean, so to give you an idea, one of the areas yeah. where, uh, just give you a little bit of background, what is interesting. If you look at uh, at at the global emissions uh, in of all emissions in the world, thirty four percent comes from food and food systems. Wow, it's, that's more than one third of the world emissions, and it's growing. and And you understand why it's growing because we are getting more and more people on the planet. And more more mouths need to be fed. Yeah, uh, to reduce that. And by the way, the interesting thing about food and food systems, uh, a part, a large part of that is agriculture. Agriculture, as one of the few industries, can be reducing carbon. Actually, can absorb carbon. We call that sequestration in the in the soil. Yeah, that means you you take out uh, carbon dioxide or whatever carbon based emission, and you you actually absorb that in into the soil. That is actually reducing the carbon. That's one of the few industries. So we can do a lot in the food industry. And what we need to do is we need to... So if you talk about regenerative agriculture, which means you absorb carbon in the soil, you actually have to measure how far you are on that path. Because it's not like, like a flip of the switch, not a, a, you know on or off. It's something that is progressive. It's something that you improve over time. And you need to measure and verify that. So that we can so companies can make them make claims. We improved on our goals by ten percent, by twenty percent, by thirty percent, and we did it by working with our supply chain, uh, by doing this, this, and that. That's what we're doing as a company, verifying that they are progressing in the way that they want to progress or better. Yeah. Well, Ruth, you brought up that term regenerative agriculture for our viewers and listeners. Can you talk a little bit about what you're looking at? measuring with the regenerative agricultural movement to know you're headed in the right direction what kind of things can you look at at the farm level well, we all know obviously that uh, that you know plants plants actually use uh, co2 to grow yeah so that's one of the measures so you basically look at carbon what you call carbon in the soil yes because that is actually that plants use to grow yeah and so if you if you grow more plants you actually absorb more so trees are a good example about you know photosynthesis actually absorbing carbon actually growing yeah so we actually remove co2 emissions from the air yeah that's one area so that's the first one you mentioned but there are other things that are major contributors to sustainability water use yeah um you're talking about how much products you use to grow the plants like fertilizer yeah so there's, uh, what is it fertilizer nitrogen all kinds of stuff that you need to measure you're looking at uh, well, water use is very important, by, by the way, as well. We should not forget that because water shortage is also going to, to hit us if we don't do something about it. And there are many other things that you actually measure in the soil uh, uh, and, and actually how you how you perform your agriculture. That's all part of regenerative agriculture. Yeah, and I think, thank you for explaining that because, again, it's a term, um, I think a newer term, you know, that maybe the general public hasn't heard a lot about. And what actually goes into that because it really is a big movement and to try to educate the farmers on what they're doing that they could change to actually move in the right direction for the sustainability pieces and, and how you know if you can give them some data 
on what they're doing. And then, you know, if they make some changes, the data, what I'm hearing is then you can give them the new data and make sure you're verifying they're heading in the right direction. As a company, Um, we can also look at the farm and look at where the main sources for emissions are, you know, so uh what, so what kind of things can they do to progress? Yeah. So, because we have a lot of data from farms, you know, over time where they have made progression. So you could already say, Hey, compared to one farm, your energy use is very high or your feet. If you have animals, your feet is not, is, is, is a major contributor. You know, the, the cows are emitting a lot of methane and CO2. So there are already benchmarks out there because there is a lot of data and you can use that data to help the farmer progress. Well, and then, you know, the, the other thing is being able to show them some comparative data, even if you might not have the data for them, you can, like you said, you've been doing this for a long time and you have a lot of data to pull from. Again, you are that information source. You've got the experience. You've been doing this for a long time. You've been measuring things and you can help share to help the farmers that might be newer on the scene, trying to make some, you know, impactful changes to know what the best ones are you know what what will serve them better well what and what other initiatives are happening at food chain id that you'd like to share with us yeah and one of the things is obviously a farmer if a farmer needs to do something they need to make an investment so it's not always easy for farms to make an investment eh? because uh, you know the livelihood of a farm is part of sustainability as well remember i mentioned the p for people it's a very critical component as well so one of the things we're doing is uh, with our customers is working with the customers and ultimately the food company or the distributor, whoever is actually the customer of the farmer to help incentivize the farmers to do the right thing. Yeah. So we are helping to have a, have a scheme in place, working with partners, by the way, because we don't do that on our own, working with them to find an incentive plan to for, for farmers to do those things and that ultimately the food companies can report on the reduction of the of the carbon emissions that they have. So improving their footprint. So we're helping to set up programs, incentivize the farmer, but then measure, verify, and that that can be reported ultimately by the food company. Right. So that's really taking it all the way through the supply chain, all the way from the farmer to the food company that's utilizing those materials and producing the food, whatever they might be doing with the raw materials. Correct. Farm to That's, fork, I always call it. Yeah. Or farm seat to fork. To supper. Seat to supper is another one. <laughs> <laughs> or with the fish. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we're talking about farms, but, you know, fisheries are also a big part of our food supply chain. And there's, you know, regulations in there as well. And I'm sure there are data points that you've got for that industry too, within the food supply Absolutely. chain. Absolutely. Every part of the industry can contribute. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, we're giving you one example now, but in principle, we're working on multiple aspects of the food supply chain. That's that's why we're called food chain. It's not just <laughs> it's not just yeah. uh, you know farm and 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 the, the food company. It's anywhere in between as well. So we work with every part of the supply chain to help them improve their performance and measure and verify it so that they can actually report on it. So you also talked before about like having like programs to work in a closed loop system can you can you explain that that's a very interesting uh very interesting question let me explain that in a little bit more yes, detail please. so um you know a lot of uh, i mean food 
indirectly or directly controls the supply chain. So let's say if you're a retailer, sometimes you buy directly from the farm, but if you sometimes you're a food company and there may be actors in between, yeah? Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is you need to uh, establish a collaboration so that there is a flow from the food company that wants to have these emissions reductions. Yeah, So they want to have it and they want to report on that. And a lot of these companies are already investing in the supply chain. So they're investing in programs. But at the same time, they should, and we've heard that as well, we should measure and verify that what we invest in is actually happening. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so what happens then is they need to have that closed loop system, what I call it, is that they work with their distributors and they work with, uh, the, let's say, uh, the companies that are the cooperatives and then with the individual farmers so that the money that is flowing is incentivizing the farmers to do something at the same time that the farmers then are, are being measured on their progress and that the information flows back to the, uh, to the basically to the food companies or any actor that is desiring to have the information in between. And the key is then is we what we do now a lot in the industry, we call that offsetting, yeah, it's carbon offsetting. So there is a global market for carbon. Yeah. So that carbon is is basically sold at a at a at a let's say dollar per ton. Yeah. And companies are now buying to offset their uh, they're buying carbon credits to offset their their emissions. What would be better is instead of buying it, it's just working with your supply chain and inset the offsets. So that's a closed loop system working together in achieving the goals. Now, are these some of the areas that you would work with the strategic partners that you were Absolutely. talking about? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Do you have so an for example, example of, to give you, yeah. yeah, I mean, we are, it's very exciting to talk about that. We work with a company that specialized in, in carbon trading for example, yeah? Okay. Because at the end, you know, if you want to, there, you can create a monetary value of if the farmer does something, it can, what they, what, if they offset, let's, let's say they reduce the carbon output, then you could offset that as a carbon and it has a value, as I said, because it's traded, yeah? So you could even yeah. trade it on the open market. Cooperatives could work together and they could create credits and they could sell those credits to whoever in the, uh, in the supply chain would like to buy it. So that's right. one area. We also work with, uh, technology from space where you can measure from space uh, and, you know what is happening in the field and then you measure that on the ground and using models to to apply and then say how much carbon has been reduced because you with space you can actually use and say that's where you need to measure at that point and then the model will give us great output so we're working with multiple actors in in the in in, in the technology space to support that i mentioned to you as well uh, you, that you look at companies and how they perform and you use technology that's called life cycle assessment. So it is a technology to look at the footprint of a farm, yeah, for example. And there is technology that we utilize as well from partners. So there are multiple partners that we work with, different actors that will augment what we are trying to do. Yeah, well, because you know what your core expertise is. Yeah. And then it seems like you have these ancillary abilities where everybody can be feeding the data back in and you can utilize that kind of from a hub. I mean, you're serving, you're serving everyone. The strategic partners do what their niche is and what they're specifically good at and yeah. uh, focus on that. And then you can get the best of, of everyone. And I think um, cooperation is, is a great thing in this case because everybody can focus on their area that they really know the most about and especially yeah. verification you can't be the judge and the jury 
Yeah, so mm. you, there has to be a standard that you adhere to. So if there is a, let's say, a verification, there is a requirement for carbon credits, which is a verification requirement that you have to meet as a verifier. You can't be, you, you can't just do haphazardly do a verification. You need to fulfill the requirements of the standard. Otherwise, it's mm. invalid and it has no, no, no meaning. It has no function. And that right. is actually key as well as making a claim. You you referred earlier to companies making a claim. A claim should be yeah. verifiable, yeah, because otherwise it has no value. There have, there have been a lot of foods, there have been a lot of ingredients where people are making ridiculous claims, yeah. and people and, and consumers believe that, or they don't. They find out that it's not truthful, and then they're going to sue companies. Well, and that's bad for the whole industry. I mean, you know, when companies are making claims, and I think sometimes the pressure is so much that they might make the claim knowing that there's not really good systems in place across the industry yet to verify all the claims that are being made. So maybe they can get away with it for a little while. But I think in the end, uh, those that aren't doing the right thing, you know, you'll catch up with them. But like, like you were saying, it's important to have that third party, like a food chain ID that's in there with the data to actually verify improvements that are being made or offsets that are happening and and you're collecting the data to do all of that yeah. and uh what a great service i mean yeah independence is key and uh, that is independence actually assures people that something has been verified against a standard mm-hmm. that people can trust yeah and that is mm-hmm. transparent and published and and that people can check it and i can tell you one thing that is interesting I did one time a study just for the fun of it is how important Gen Z is. Yeah. And what I didn't oh. know is that Gen Z is more than one third of the earth's population. It's really? Incredible. I didn't know yeah. that either. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know until I found it out. What is interesting about that is that Gen Z cares. Yeah. And they will check. I mean, I, I don't, my children, they, if they see a QR code, boom, the telephone is out and they check and they verify, <laughs> you know, they check the information, et cetera. Gen Z specifically as an audience is very interested in making sure that, uh, that, that there is certain information available, that the information has sources, et cetera, et cetera. So we, I mean, one third of the, more than one third of the population, it's from a consumerism part of standpoint, we definitely have to take care of that, uh, of that audience. So interesting that you say that because I've talked to some other companies in the food industry that are more on the retail side and they really focus on capturing that 18 to 22 year old market because they know if they capture them and build that relationship and that trust with them they have a a customer for life loyal and committed and once you gain their trust and and that's what we're talking about here really as consumers is we want to be able to trust that the those that are providing us things in food industry that we're consuming that we can trust them and we feel good about the brand and the company and all those things and all this plays into that the verification that food chain id is doing and the implementation of regenerative agriculture tenants to be able to help farmers know what direction to go and how to improve i mean those are all really important to serve the the growing as you said consumer base which is getting larger we need to figure this out so we can continue to feed all the people. Ruth, thank you for all this wonderful information. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners and our viewers before we go today? Yeah, I want to say one thing that's maybe interesting for you as well is you talked about packaging. So packaging, 
Ah, yeah. Oh, sustainability and packaging is one other critical item that uh, people are really concerned about. Everyone knows about the, uh, the 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 big batch in the ocean, you know, of uh, plastics. By the way, which majority is actually fishing nets? But okay, um, wow. still there is a lot of uh, of of packaging that gets into the into the ocean. Um, so there is a lot of push for, and that's also in the food industries uh, that to actually reduce the amount of plastics, reduce the amount of packaging for that matter, so that that, that we don't grow the, the patch. So we're also working on packaging sustainability and helping companies to identify what is allowed. I mean, because at the end, remember what I said in the beginning, what is in the packaging gets into your food and you don't want to have the whole waste bin get into your food, okay? People would should be concerned about that. So we are helping making sure that if something is recycled, that it meets the requirements, and that the chemicals that are uh, that are getting into the packaging are still safe, so that the packaging ultimately that packages the food is safe as well. So that's another area that we work on as well, and which I find myself more challenging. Actually, it's very challenging because recycling is is a is a goal, but it's not an easy goal. Let's say it that way. Well, it it's amazing to me how many places I go that still they aren't recycling. I'm a very I will bring water bottles home yeah. if I've consumed water away from my home and I can't find somewhere to put it in a recycle bin, I'll bring it home to put it in my recycle bin so that it will go to the recycling center. Instead of throwing it out, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I think maybe um, our younger generation is a little bit, I I don't know how it happened to me. I guess I'm just uh, paying attention and, and maybe because of the exposure I've had here with the Future Foodcast, just hearing all that's going on in the industry. And you know, you might think that's just one water bottle, but honestly, if all of us did that, it adds up to be billions of water bottles. Oh, absolutely. Really. I mean, at least millions. I'm sure it's billions because there's just so many. Yeah. And uh, I, I can tell you the last week I was speaking about this topic. Um, uh, This was for food packaging. One of the areas which is critical is consumer education. Because if you want to improve recycling, you have different materials, you know, that which you want, don't want. I mean, it's like water bottles are called PET, and I will not explain it in chemical terms, but then you have polyethylene, polypropylene, these all different chemicals, all different polymers that you can recycle, yeah? But to have those separated by the consumer or properly in uh, properly disposed of in the waste bin in, in the right amounts, that is critical. We need to help. The, the consumers need to help with this as well. Not just the industry. The industry wants to do the right thing. Or by the way, are forced to do the right thing because the consumer wants that as well. But at the same time, the consumers have to contribute their part as well. Everyone is part of this equation. If we want to be more sustainable in a society, if we want to make sure that claims are correct, we need to push for that. Yeah, We need to work together to do that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I want to take this opportunity to... Thank you for keeping our conversation at an understandable level because you are the one with the chemistry degree and you really could have taken us way down into the science of all that you're talking about. I realize that. (laughs) So on behalf of our listeners, thank you so much for keeping us on a level that all of us could understand. Um, Thanks for sharing that last thing about sustainability and the part that each of us can play, because I think it's, it's coming down to that. I mean, that we're all trying to do better and awareness is a big part of that so thank you for sharing what you're doing at food Ch- chain id to help with awareness verification certifications c- gathering the data and using that 
to help implement better and better programs as we realize where the biggest impact is uh, and where we can do the most good. So thank you for being with us today, Ruth. Thank you very much, Pam. It was my pleasure yes. and I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you. And if you enjoyed this issue of Future Foodcast, we invite you to give us a comment, subscribe and like us on your social media. We would love to be in your inbox on every episode. Have a great day.